SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rise and shine, sports fans. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, August 27th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct, helping us give out some winners, helping you hopefully making it a profitable day, and we put the fun in functional sports content the entire time. Thank you for spending a couple of hours with us, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time here every weekday morning. And Kev, usually we start this show off over the last couple of weeks looking back at the action in the NBA playoffs, right? You know, as a champion will be crowned, so many takeaways off of our kind of analysis, you know, what happened, who was right, who was wrong, what it means moving forward for the lines and for the chase for the championship. But that is not the headline in the NBA today or yesterday in what some people, Kevin, are calling the biggest day of sports activism, maybe in the history of the league. Give us the TikTok of it all, Kevin, because when I woke up, when we were doing this show yesterday, there were three games to preview. None of those three games happened as the NBA players decided to boycott the three games in response to the shootings in Wisconsin and the protesting going on there with another police-involved shooting. The players are saying enough is enough. The change is not coming. If you can't hear us by now, now you can't see us either. How did this come about, Kev? So there had been a conversation brewing in the bubble between uh, that the Raptors started, and there was then some dialogue between them and the Boston Celtics about what they wanted to do as it pertained their game uh, that was supposed to be started today. Um, and, right. you know, it, it made sense when you think about it from a Raptors perspective, the Messiah Jiri, uh, you know, body cam footage with the incident that he had to deal with while in mm-hmm. uh, Golden State after that final celebration, it was clearly weighing heavy on their mind. Um, for that reason, the Celtics, you know, you think about someone like Jalen Brown, who's out on the front lines during a lot of those protests. Uh, you could see why those conversations were being had between the two sides. Uh, but the Milwaukee Bucks went first because the Milwaukee Bucks played the first uh, game of the day yesterday. And the proximity of you know where the Milwaukee sure. Bucks play their home games, uh, it wasn't unsurprising to see them look their to community. take some stand. And they opted themselves to boycott this game. And they did not do it with uh, a big announcement. And it wasn't really... Uh, seen coming by a lot of people. They were waiting for the game right. to begin, and they noticed the Bucks had yet to come out to the court, and the Magic players were like, what's going on here? And eventually the you know the word started to come out that they were heavily considering boycotting the game, and eventually the Magic players then headed to the locker room, and that decision was then made by the Milwaukee Bucks that they would not be playing yesterday. And... You know, they were willing, I guess, to forfeit that game. And the Magic said, well, we will not be accepting that forfeit. And the next thing you know, the Rockets and the Thunder meet, and they've made that same decision. And the Lakers and the Blazers meet, and that same decision comes. And eventually the NBA then says, oh, well, we're going to postpone all of these games. But 
that was kind of a formality as the right. NBA players yesterday pretty much led a strike against playing in the playoffs. You know, um, so that's how it kind of went down as we welcome in our radio audience across the country, including out there on the West Coast with the mightier 1090. Thanks for waking up bright and early with us. You know, but Kevin, so maybe the Milwaukee Bucks were, you know, the kind of the first domino. But as you mentioned, Toronto was talking about this beforehand. Even yesterday morning, we started to hear that they were considering that for today's game. And then the Bucks decided to take their stand. You know, as you mentioned, they're kind of in the same community as where the Blake shooting went down. Um, but what's interesting to me, Kev, is then the WNBA did this as well. Then the Milwaukee Brewers made the same decision. MLS did some of the same thing, kind of canceling some of the games. You know, So this is not just a basketball story. This is not just a Wisconsin or a Milwaukee story. This is, you know, um, players saying, you know, we have to do more. We have to make a bigger point of it. So I guess my question for you now is, you know, statements will come out from leagues and teams and players and on social media. But like, where do we go from here, Kev? Like there's technically game schedule today. I know technically, Kev, I think there's going to be some kind of board of directors or owners call at about 11 o'clock. What is technically on the horizon here in terms of the decision-making process on how we move forward? Yeah, I mean, there, there was a big players meeting uh, last night. And, you know, we can get into some of those details, but yeah. what we wait on now uh, are two meetings that are happening at 11 a.m. today. The players are going to reconvene again as they try and get a sense of what they believe their best plan of action is and whether that is completing these playoffs or potentially ending these playoffs and returning home. Uh, and simultaneously, that will be happening while the NBA's Board of Governors will be meeting uh, and you know the owners will be coming together as they try and figure out what they can do to show their support for these players and uh, what they can do to help uh, the situation and help the players feel as if their backs are being had by the people at the top. And that seems to be what we're going to have to wait on uh, is how the owners can potentially step up to uh, respond to what the players are asking for. So it's going to be very, very interesting here. We're with you for the next two hours, but we are going to find out today the results of these meetings, and we'll see what the players want to do, what the owners want to do, and if they are on the same page about how to do it. A very interesting day in the sports world on the horizon. Come back. More of the early line after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, let's just get caught up on all the, the timeline and the facts and all that stuff before, you know, we kind of say how we feel about it or what it means or anything like that. But there are, correct me if I'm wrong, at 11 a.m. today, right, the players are meeting, right, to decide, like, if they're uh, kind of going to take this demonstration, this protest, this boycott to another level, right? Um, by having it not only be kind of a one day strike or sit in, but like, nah, we ain't coming back out. Um, we're done. And it sounds like at the same time, 
the, 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 the owners, the board of directors are also meeting, right? In essence, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, just figure out like if there's something they can do um, in support of what the players' goals and ideals would be that would be enough, right? To mm-hmm. also then show, because listen, in my opinion, right, or not even opinion, the definition, right? Like to protest is to raise awareness, to shed light on an issue, right? And maybe the owners can come back with another way to uh, take a stand, do right, show support that the players are like, okay, we don't have to boycott or protest in order to show support. We can do this in solidarity as the NBA showing support. Am I right that in out of these meetings, what we might find out is if something like that is possible as an alternative to what the players decided yesterday as, in essence, a player boycott? I think, you know, the owners are going to have to go into this meeting, right? And, I, and I'm sure there are yeah. people who are like, man, like, have the owners not shown their support? Have they have they not had their backs on, on these issues? And I think you could say that to this point, they have to a degree. Right. You know, obviously we had, you know, it says Black Lives Matter on the court, right? Right, right, right. Uh, the names know, the on the jerseys. Of the jerseys. Right. But uh, players you know, have and, said and, those are token gestures at times. And but but even if but, but even if, right, I think there's a moment of realization that and this is what a lot of these players are going through, right? Is that the hope was that when they got here, the the belief that they would be able to use their platform to help create change was a very, very real one. Right. And then right. you can't even get through the bubble without an incident that reminds mm-hmm. you of exactly why this movement yeah. was going on. And it then makes you, you feel as if names on the back of the jersey and you know right. writing on the court is far from enough. And that's right. what we're seeing, you know, here now is that it it's not enough and there has to and things mm-hmm. have to go to the next level. And we see players willing to put their money where their mouth is when it pertains to these mm-hmm. issues. LeBron's more than a vote campaign, right? We see mm-hmm. these, you know, these players wanting to step up in their communities. But now it does seem like they're going to push the owners to step up because right. let's be honest. Okay. Have they supported them? Yes. Can they do more? Can, you know, 30 wildly rich owners do more to help these situations? They can. They have financial influence. They know people in sure. high places. And that is what I think the players are hoping to achieve in, in this moment is to get more of a commitment to get more action from the people at the top. Yeah, listen, Kev, I'm with you. You know that when we've spoken about these issues before, we are on the same page. And that's why I start with like, what technically is a protest designed to do, right? What is the goal of any protest, right? And it is to raise awareness and hopefully impact change, right? Now, sometimes the details of that change are nebulous to start. Right. And, and exactly what the what the uh, not demands or whatever are become into focus as we go down the path. But I'm also reminded of like, you know, years ago when Colin Kaepernick took a knee for the national anthem, Kev. Right. And like he was doing a peaceful protest. Right. Um, but then other people uh, and entities and powers that be didn't like the way in which he was protesting. 
right? Like, mm. oh, but you should try a different way of protesting. That's not good enough for me. But then again, here's the thing. No one, you have the right to do so if it is peaceful, right? It is a right in this country. And then later on, everyone said, oh, we should have listened to him earlier, right? We should have listened to him earlier. He was doing something that was his right to do. People may not like it. It may not, you know, people may not respond to it. It may, you know, make them uncomfortable, but that's what protests are designed to do. That's what this is designed to do. And quite frankly, whether they're right or wrong, or if you as an individual have a perspective that they are right or wrong, or if you as an individual are trying to judge if it is right or wrong, I think that's the wrong question. The fact of the matter is that as Americans, they have this right to peacefully protest and they are exercising that right. You could disagree with it. You could think blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter remains, they do have the right to do this. They are exercising that right. They believe it will raise awareness, bring light to this issue, um, because apparently the spotlight isn't strong enough right now in this country. But they are technically just exercising their rights to protest and they're doing it peacefully. So whatever you judge about it, hey, they're allowed to do this in the same way Colin Kaepernick could take a knee. You know what I mean, Kev? Like, I think it's almost like the wrong question on judging their actions. I think anyone who tries to judge their actions is already inherently not understanding what a right in this country is. Uh, We are actually, uh, and it it was wild, but yesterday was four years ago to the date of when Cap yeah. first took a knee. And it was just wild yep. that that's kind of how it worked out, but that's how it did work out. Uh, and yep. you can kind of see how different, different things are when you have a unified message and people standing uh, side mm-hmm. by side w- w- with others. But to the point that you're making there, you know, some people asking the question of, well, what, well, what is this going to accomplish? It's not who, for that who person the, who's asking the who question the, to decide. <laughs> but, but also, what a ridiculous question that I entirely yeah. reject. What do you mean, what is this going to accomplish? Have you not seen the discourse change over the last 12 hours? I have. Sure. I have, have, have everybody has. Sure. We, we did not have this conversation yesterday. And guess what? It's true. The story of games potentially being canceled sat out there yesterday morning. We're out but there. But instead, yeah. we pushed on and, and we carried on with our game previews. And that's fine. But the conversation now had but no choice to change. When you say, right. well, 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 what reach does this have? Well, the MLS got canceled last night. Major League Baseball lost three games on the slate. The WNBA took a pause. CNN is reporting. CNN. Yeah. Like, the top NBA reporters in the world are like CNN reporting that we have the NBA saying that they're going to officially postpone the remainder of these games. It is a national story with national reach that changes and forces conversation. And as far as actual, physical, on-the-ground change, yeah, they're working towards that. That's why they're trying to force the people at the top's hand. That's why the Bucks, before they ever left that locker room, called high-ranking officials in Wisconsin asking for them to address this Jacob Blake situation. So that question of, what is this going to accomplish? There's answers out there. We've already seen those answers in a short mm-hmm. period of time. So I reject yeah. the question entirely, despite it still being, an- still being asked. 
No, I hear you. I hear you, Kev, you know, but uh, you and I are not asking that question, right? Um, so, and, and I think we understand that. And, you know, we've talked about this before, okay, Kev, this is uh, something we've talked about for months. And one of the things we said, right, is that you can't stay quiet anymore, right? Silence isn't working anymore to be on the quote-unquote right side of history, right? And sometimes, you know, the players thought that, okay, we just go back to playing basketball, right? That's a different kind of version of the new normal, a term we have talked about in 2020 a lot, right? And part of, like, the new normal is like, all right, games are going on as normal. But when we see that this continues to happen, it can't be normal anymore. We can't stay on the sidelines anymore. And if it is still becoming normal again, then they are ratcheting up uh, the actions, the behaviors, the comments, what needs to happen in order to keep a light on this issue. Technically, Kevin, we got games on the NBA schedule today. So we'll close this up and then turn over to what may still happen on the court today, what may still happen on the field today. We will do that when we come back on the early line. But for now, let's check out the Sports Grid news update to see what else happened overnight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, especially and including our radio audience around the country. Big shout out to the Mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast waking up early for us. Hey, Kev, you know, we talk about how, like, you know, LeBron is like a coach and a general manager and a player, you know. Uh, like, yeah, he made trades when he was in Cleveland, how he sets rotations, how he, like, dictates to people. Maybe he's going to dictate to the entire league because as we talked about next steps here, like what is this going to look like? We know people are meeting at 11 o'clock later this morning, but also it seems like Kev, part of what happened yesterday, right, was all the players kind of got together. And it sounds like that in that meeting, LeBron stood up and was like, nah. Where we should just end this. We should just boycott the rest of the playoffs. And in fact, like walked out. And it sounds like he was the Pied Piper that the Lakers and the Clippers kind of like were walking in file behind him. Right. So you know, yeah. we've talked about how LeBron like can can move the needle, like actually, you know, influencing trades and getting coaches fired. Could he also technically get this league shut down by his stance and players going behind them? Like what happened in that meeting and and where do we go from here? Uh, I mean, could he get the league shut down? Yeah, probably. Um <laughs> of the of the power that he has within this league um and we can kind of talk about the power i think that the players and maybe athletes as a whole realize that they had uh yes and that has been a but, model of 2020 though also kev though right even like kylan hill on social media getting the confederate flag changed chubba hubbard mm-hmm. right of oklahoma state players are now you know the pac-12 players right with their with sure. their letters and their ideas we are seeing this come to pass Everywhere, the idea of leverage is switching addresses. And that's one of the lessons here, I believe, in 2020. But mm-hmm. there is still fine, right? Athletes, Americans are exercising their First Amendment right. Cool. But where does it go? There's a wide range of outcomes from here, Kev. Yeah, so I think, you know, when you talk when you talk about, though, the fact that LeBron, the Lakers, the Clippers voting, no, for the remainder yeah. of this season, I, it comes from uh, you know there's a lot, a lot of frustration 
that was clearly aired in that meeting. There's frustration two ways. And the one side of it that, you know, was clearly mentioned that LeBron had brought up was the frustration, seemingly, with the top, lack of action. Feeling that, that uh, you know, the people at the top, if they truly want to show support, if they truly believe that Black Lives Matter, and they truly believe in everything that they're doing, then they need to put their money where their mouth is, and they need to show the support that these athletes are showing. Because the thing is, um, people can't really question, oh, well, what is LeBron doing? Nope. Those answers are out there. Those answers yeah, yeah. are out there, what LeBron is doing and what some of these other athletes are doing. But there's also a second layer of frustration that does seem to exist with some of these uh, players in that the Milwaukee Bucks decision came by mm. surprise, did catch people off guard. Some players felt like you know they were kind of left out to dry with the games that they did have scheduled, whether that be today or uh, yesterday's games. And right. you know, wanting... The you know to have the ability to send out a unified message from the union. Now you know some people support the box and and that their proximity influenced it, and others saying, well, they don't need to offer us an explanation, regardless as to why they made this decision. But there is clearly kind of frustration at both levels and at both sides. But when we talk about the players and the power that they have. Uh, kind of right now as it comes to this situation i think what we are seeing is somewhat kind of here of a of a bargain right there's a deliberation as to you know what we offer you and what will you give us in to return and what the right, NBA right, right. players have found out that they control entirely in their hands as to whether there are games or not now we've started to kind of you know see people talk about the potential financial ramifications that might take place, right? If this season is canceled, it's similar to the financial yeah. ramifications that might take place had we never even entered the bubble. They're right. aware of right. those, right? Now, there might come a point, though, where you can't just keep leaning on that then to get these players out there because it might come to a point where they're fed up and they don't care and they're not going to push through anymore. But that's what the players kind of have in their hands. So if you were to ask me the question, Dane, as to whether I believe we do resume this season, I think the yeah. answer is yes. The Bucks have okay. they said that the that the growing consensus is that they did want to play. I personally believe not that it was disingenuous, but I do think that it was maybe calculated that before the board of governors meeting, the Lakers and Clippers, LeBron send the message of we're done, but it also came with the message of we need to see more action at the top. Because the thing is, Dane, if the players say we're done playing, period as opposed mm -hmm. to we are done playing if you do not do right 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 X, then there's y, a negotiation Z. right right and that's the big difference because the negotiation can yield results and then the owners will have to figure out what they want to do but if the players just say we are gone there's not a conversation to be had and then the change that we're talking about that we're looking to hopefully mm -hmm. have come out of this situation unfortunately but realistically is unlikely to be achieved because now the bargaining chip is off the table because you've said it's off the table. Well, the bargaining chip would be coming back next year as well, right? The question is like, we're going to want this change. The question is, does it happen the easy way or the hard way, right? Like, are you allies mm. with us and truly want this also? Or are we going to have to flex our muscle and play in essence, as you described it, the only card, not the only card, but the big card they would have to play. Are you going to make us play that card 
or not. I think that's what we're finding out today, right? To your point, uh, we're done if, you know, and, but here's the other thing that I am going to be very interested to see. Because you said it, Kev, like the WNBA didn't play, the MLS didn't play, the Milwaukee Brewers didn't play, right? And at least yesterday, it seemed like these leagues were taking their cue from the NBA, right? So I wonder now when the NBA comes up with another decision or has another path forward, what will the MLS do today? What will the WNBA do today? What will the Milwaukee Brewers do today? And then for me, the next level of it all, Kev, whether it's because of coronavirus or other things, we have had individual players opt out as well. Right now with COVID-19, it was like, hey, I don't want the health risk. And there were other kind of like you'd still get your salary and all that stuff that might not happen because of a protest. But think about this. The Cubs played yesterday, Kevin. Jason Hayward didn't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So could we also be in a universe where teams do want to play? But individual NBA players on those teams are like, I don't agree with this situation. I do believe more should have been done. I'm taking my ball. I'm leaving the bubble and I'm going home. Think about it. Avery Bradley, this was part of the reason he opted out in the first place, right? Might we get to a universe where the playoffs march on, Kev, but individual players decide to take a more individualized protest boycott stance. Of course, there's a possibility that there are agreements that are reached and yet a few players say like Mookie Betts said he wasn't going to play last night regardless. Jason Hayward did not play in Major League Baseball last night. Right. So, I mean, like the precedent is there even in the NBA using the protest and, and what's happening in this country as their rationale to not be in the bubble. It's, it's, it's possible. Now, I, I think that if you think about the people that are there, what they've kind of given up to be there, and that's kind of been a topic of conversation. And right. don't forget this, but families are meant to be entering quarantine on potentially Monday that, yeah. you know, I'm sure a lot of these guys would love to see their families and, that they're kind of on the precipice of, and and that can continually push them forward. Um, but I, I think, you know, this is the thing, right? You know, we say, well, the NBA did this yesterday. Major League Baseball did this yesterday. It's mm-hmm. And it's it's not intentional, but we, we're almost not categorizing it correctly. The NBA didn't decide a damn thing. Major League Baseball didn't decide anything. Nor Fair. MLS, nor WNBA. The players Fair. made this call. So that's why yesterday we played... Rockies D-backs and didn't play Giants and Dodgers. And this is the thing, Dane, in your life, have you ever seen the players decide the slate? Have you ever seen the players say, I'm not playing? And the league, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess I guess we're not. And the league having to figure out what to do from there. And that's why this is so powerful and it creates such a change. So as it and this is the thing though, it's interesting, but you know, the NBA having a bit more of a unified voice directly impacted by the situation and doing what, you know, they believe to be necessary, right? But then you have a situation over in, in Major League Baseball where it varies. Mookie Betts makes the decision, Clayton Kershaw supports right. him. The next thing you know, the Dodgers support him as a whole. There's no game. The Milwaukee Brewers are inspired by the Milwaukee Bucks, the proximity. They agree, they're done, there's no game. Jason Hayward. I can't push through this. I'm not playing. I'm not going to say that the Cubs didn't support him, but not to the level to where the game was 
canceled and they go out there and, and they still play the game. So it still does show the power of the unified message and the togetherness and just how much control these players legitimately do have in this situation. Yes, the financial ramifications can loom over their heads, but guess what? We didn't play yesterday. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the games, but I don't think we're going to be playing today either. And it's because they stepped up together. Because at the end of the day, if George Hill missed yesterday's game, well, we play three games, right? But the right. Bucks missed the game, and we didn't play a single game. And that is the big difference here about these you know, players being together as they push forward. Yeah, we definitely talk about the solidarity in numbers. One thing I will say about, you know, kind of you're you're saying the players and all that. I will say that MLS came out as a league, Kevin, and the MLS, uh, you know, as an entity issued statements saying that they were in support, that they were horrified by the actions and that they are canceling the remaining games as a league. Um, So I do want to say that about MLS. We will, when we come back, Go into these games that may or may not be played. How do we try to handicap this? Because if it happens, there's an opportunity to make money off of it. And we still got to give you the edge on sports grade. We will do that when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I am Dane Martinez. I'm joined by my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct as we try to put the fun in functional sports content. And Kev, you know, um, we got to start talking basketball. Right. And other things that may happen, because this is obviously a big time story. It was our headline. But honestly, Kev, five hours from now. Who knows what is going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, by the time we get to this afternoon, we could have Boston and Boston and Toronto going off. We could have no NBA season. We could have no soccer. Who knows? There is a wide range of outcomes. So let's give the people all the information they need to hopefully make it a profitable sports day. Technically, game one of what I think is going to be potentially an incredible series gets maybe started today, Kev, with the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. And if they play Kev, you know, we have been waiting for weeks, for months, literally, about what could be great Eastern Conference semifinal matchups, right? We're a lot excited mm-hmm. about could the Heat get the Bucks? Could they be had? Are the Heat the worst possible matchup for them? Toronto and Boston, we know about Toronto and their business-like nature as the defending champions. Many people believe that Boston is potentially ascending with their two young, talented wing players and some of their depth, despite the fact that Gordon Hayward is not there. Let's assume that, like, this series happens, Kev, You know, I mean, two weeks ago when the playoffs happened, I talked about you having literally a glow about you, right? (laughs) Talking about these NBA playoffs. To be quite honest, Boston-Toronto is probably one of the series that you are hoping you got 
to continue that glow about you. We know what is going on. We know the context in this country with the league, with the desired activism of the players. They want to exercise their rights. Cool. We'll see how that plays out. If this series happens, if this game happens, what do you think will be the key? I mean, both of these teams are coming off sweeps, Kevin. Whatever they were doing was working, right? It's going to be a little bit different this series, likely for both of them. What are the keys to this series for you? Well, the first key is, is Kyle Lowry healthy, right? I mean, yes. that's just key number one. And we don't know the answer to that question, whether this game again is to today. We don't know. His stats is questionable. And, you know, as the Raptors sit here as two-point favorites, it would lead me to believe that they are going off of it now as if Kyle Lowry will play. Does right. this go down to a pick em then in a in a potential absence? Okay, I think that that's workable. I think that that then is probably fair. You know, the Raptors still have a ton of depth. I think the Celtics high-end guys are a bit better. And as we enter this series, I I don't know if it's because the, the Brooklyn magical run, you could see how it wore off against Toronto. Right. Um, but I left that series just kind of like, okay, like you beat on the Toronto like the side. Nets. Yeah. Like, and it's not that they did anything unimpressive, right? Like they put up a buck fifty in the closeout game. FVV yeah. look great, right? OG Ananobi's yeah. a force. Norman, Powell. it's not. It was sure. nothing the Raptors did wrong, but you know, just personally, the sh- like I didn't leave that series against the Nets feeling anything other than, yeah, that that, that Nets run was, uh, was. And you was feel old. differently about Boston. Because everyone thought Philadelphia was dead man walking. No Ben Simmons. They fire in their coach. And Bede is yeah. not, you know, uh, mature enough to take them. So mm-hmm. why, you know, when you're saying like the Nets, eh, okay, whatever, should have done that. That version of the Sixers, everyone was like, yeah, Boston should blow past these guys. These guys are, you know, we're writing the autopsy and the obituary for that team already. So are you saying that Boston was more impressive? Definitely. Because the thing is, people can say that they were writing an obituary for the Sixers. But the Sixers would have beat the Nets in five. Fact. Right? Well, maybe not. Okay. Fact. But, like, I believe that. I don't know if you disagree. I don't know if you think that that's, like, a tight series. But, like, I don't think it is. Because, I I mean, we saw all of the the struggles that the Nets had come to light once they got into a playoff series, right? And as much as Philly still had their issues, like, they still had a Joel Embiid, which was meant to be a very difficult matchup, but they are able to wear him down. Their defense get, went up a, a level, and they held legit, you know, Tobias Harris, and, and, and they forced him to struggle. And the big thing to me is, like, the way that, that they had their big guys step up. I mean, Tatum, like, going out there and outperforming Embiid, yeah. like, that holds a ton of weight for me. Kemba Walker okay. looking back, like, that, that yeah. holds a ton of weight for me, right? So. Those are just kind of the things, and and I'm not, I'm so I'm not saying it in that it's the Raptors' fault. See, but that's different, right? Right, that's different than what I thought you were saying because I thought you were talking about this as relative to their opponent. If you want to tell me that Boston looks impressive right now, right, mm-hmm. that's different than like using who their opponent was to make them look good, right? When you were saying, oh, they beat the Nets, that's different to me because right. like I'm not worried about comparing the Nets and the Sixers, right? They were both. 
not not at that level. I, I'm wondering, like, if you think the Celtics take their opponent out of it. Did the Celtics mm-hmm. themselves as a team look more impressive to you than what Toronto did by themselves as a team? Not saying it relative to their opponent. I think that's a slightly but different question. That's it, it. No, it is. But like, that's almost kind of is Toronto. It was almost as if Toronto couldn't impress me in round one. And again, that's okay. on me. That's on right. me. But like the right. shine of the Brooklyn Nets run got comp- and that's a credit to the Raptors, right? It's like they they cut it out, right? Like, and they ended that run, right? <laughs> right? They're like, get this team out. This team yep. doesn't belong on the court with us, right? And also, it might just be on me for giving Philly way more of a chance than I'm sure a lot of other people did. But I I entered this series now and. Ultimately, I view this right, and maybe you disagree, but it's, do you buy more of the Raptors' depth or the Celtics' high-end guys? Because the Raptors' depth, right, is an undeniable advantage. But maybe people will disagree that how I see it, where I think I like Boston's front three comfortably better than the front three that Toronto's offering. Credit to Kyle Lowry. He's a great player. He's been underrated for many years. And if the postseason struggles are legitimately behind him, then that's a big deal. Pascal Siakam's had a fantastic year, a legit argument to win most improved consecutive seasons in a row. And FVV is that dude. He steps up nonstop. But Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum's the best player in this series, period. Like, is Jalen Brown... Like, I would tell you this. I think that Jalen Brown is closer to Pascal Siakam and Pascal Siakam is to Jason Tatum. Kendall Walker, like, compared to Lowry and, and Van Vliet, like, it, it's an interesting conversation. So that's just where I enter this series right now. And, you know, again, I might be mistaken. It's a series I am going to be very willing to change my opinion on game to game. <laughs> I don't know if I get involved in a series-long wager. I'm being you know, right, right, honest right. about it. But I feel like I'm coming in right now buying more of the top-end talent of Boston. Yeah, I'm actually with you. I mean, you know I'm with you because I got my, my my futures bets, but that's a that's not the most important topic for the listeners of the early line right now. But I, 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 I like what you're saying. I agree with most of your saying, but I just spin it slightly differently and think it has a slightly different impact, okay? For me, the mm. Toronto Raptors and their effort and their defense, it's great team defense. Okay, uh, Kev. And for me, what good, great team defense is, you'll crush the the Nets because it was Levert and that's about it. I think you could even figure out the Milwaukee Bucks over a series because you have great team defense with Giannis, right? The kind of challenge that the Celtics pose, and you've alluded to it, with the top-end talent, as you call it, I think that is what makes it a tougher matchup for the Toronto Raptors, right? Because if they needed to, to use your term, put Karis LeVert in the Boston Crab, they could do that, right? Or even figure out a way to stumble or or to stifle Giannis, right? But what, why I like the Celtics is because Mm -hmm. it can come from anywhere on a given night, right? Tatum could be that dude, right? But then 
I could have confidence that if the Raptors are putting Tatum in the Boston Crab, right, that, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Brown is going to go off. Evan Marcus Smart could go off, right? You know, Kemba Walker is still clutch as all hell, reminding me of performances of being, like, with UConn and MSG, right? So the fact that they are multiple, that's why, to be quite honest, Kev, that's why I thought the Blazers were alive about a week ago, right? Because it could come from Dame. It could come from <laughs> CJ. It could come from Carmelo. But what I'm talking about here is that characteristic, Kev, and why that could be the elixir for a great, tough-nosed, physical team defense that I respect the Raptors as. But your top-end talent, right, that herd, where it can come from anywhere, I feel confident one of them will be hot in Game 1 and in Game 2 and in Game 3 and in Game 4. And and, and I get your point. I will say this, though, to Toronto's credit. They have a great team defense. Nick Nurse is an incredible defensive coach. But they do have awesome individual defenders. I mean, OG Ananobi, I had Dan Favali come on betting around the rim, and he called OG Ananobi the best perimeter defender in the NBA. And not someone who knows his stuff and would not say that. Lowry taking charges like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, no, like legitimately, right? I I mean, like they have guys that that are great individual defenders. But this is the thing to your point here. The Raptors have this Belichickian thing. Can't believe they've reinvented the wheel. They make they make your your best player uh, a little right. play left handed, right? right. But, but it's like it's like what a simple concept. Like why would more people not do this? But they do this, right? But when you go up against the Nets, I mean, look at those Karis Levert numbers, right? Karis Levert mm-hmm. turned into like Chris Paul, where he's averaging fifteen right. and fifteen. Like his his whole game had to change because right. they make life so difficult on him as a scorer. So now OG Ananobi's right. going to have to go out there, and they're going to try and do the same thing to Jason Tatum. But one, Tatum's much better than Karis LeVert. But more importantly, okay, other so maybe you hold hold Tatum down. But and the biggest thing for me that is probably pushing me this Boston direction, and it legitimately might just be a game one thing, and then we'll move on from there, is what Kemba did in the closeout against Philly. Because it's one of these things that we've kind of forgotten because he's been banged up and Tatum's been so... Right. Like we entered the year and like Kemba was supposed to be the guy, right? It was like, wow, yes. this is yes. awesome. Like, look, like Tatum comes in for Kyrie. He's going to be the, uh, or, you know, Kemba comes in for Kyrie. He's the Kemba, dog. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, wow, Tatum's the best player on this team. Oh, wow, Jalen Brown's averaging 20. Man, G- oh, Gordon Hayward looks mm-hmm. good. Yo, oh, Kemba's still on this team. And that's the thing is yeah. like, so you might be able to limit Tatum, right? Jalen right. Brown will still exactly. get his, but we might now be this like, oh, is Kemba like the best player in the series right now? And he has the ability yep. to be the best player on a, say, game by game basis. And yeah. I just think that that's a very real thing. Let me just quickly add with this total of 216, tough Please call. Do. So they played in the bubble. It was about it was a 222. It was a Stanley Johnson heave-ho buzzer beater that got the game over. The game started, okay, though with starters rolling, 35-point first quarter. 21-14, mm. the Celtics won the quarter. Just ridiculous. Mm. The Celtics actually handled them that game. But all the starters were out, and they gave up 70-plus in quarter four, and the number squeaks over. This is going to be a live total. You can play a pregame if you'd like, but I, I don't think it's worth it. Wait for the 40-point quarter and then go over because mm. the 40-point quarter is coming. Yeah, Kev, you know, I think that's a great point. You always have opportunities to bet these games live. And if you want to, there's no better place than to be here at SportsGrid and watching my man Kevin Walsh as he hosts in-game live. When we come back, though, here on the early line, we talked about Brett Brown being gone. 
There's another coaching vacancy in the NBA, and we'll let you know where that is when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And I alluded to it. We knew Brett Brown and the Philadelphia 76ers have gone their separate ways after you know, Philly got bounced out. Well, this is something of a trend, Kevin, now in the Eastern Conference because the Indiana Pacers have been bounced out and their head coach, Nate McMillan, has been relieved of his duties. This is literally only weeks after he was signed to an extension. So talk about mixed messages. But the Pacers are now another team out there who will be looking for a head coach in their offseason. Kev, I got two questions for you. One, where does now this Pacers job open fit in the ranks of the others if you were a coach you know there's a vacancy Mm. we think in philadelphia right a vacancy in new orleans and we expect others to come on the horizon and then also there's been the case of victor oladipo and like is he long for indiana and you know the idea of them having a new coach or the name of that new coach how much might that move the needle for oladipo's future with the pacers yeah there's so much interesting stuff to start on the back end here um i'm I'm not totally familiar with the relationship between Oladipo and Nate McMillan, but I will tell you this, like, do I think the Pacers are going to include Oladipo in the conversation for their next head coach? No, I don't, considering Mm. that basically Woj came out there and was like, hey, uh, Mike D'Antoni, the Pacers would love to have you if you're interested. Right, 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 right. Like, the media deal is working. Yeah. But I'm saying like, oh, I know Oladipo would be great to stay with NDA or whatever. But like, I just, I'm just saying is, I don't think that this is a like, let's sit down and have Vic tell us what he wants. Uh, and just as far as you mentioned though, quickly with the job rankings, like, three especially if there's no of- Oladipo though, Kev, if, if Oladipo's not there, the pace would seem far less attractive to me. Yes, it depends though if they trade Oladipo and get a nice okay. return. Brogdon, yeah. Sabonis, I still like some of the pieces that they have there. But like, we now have almost half of the Eastern Conference playoff team's jobs potentially available on the market. Like, that's crazy. That is a lot. And this offseason, we know in the NBA, is going to be condensed. And so you're going to have to keep your head on a swivel. The Knicks found their guy, though. Don't worry about it, Kev. They'll be okay. When we come back, hour number two, we've got a crazy game six to discuss. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 